the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Ghost through the Apostles, please. The book of Acts, chapter 2, if you will just turn with me. Acts chapter 2, please. Beginning to read at verse 37. Acts chapter 2, verse 37, please. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the number you've brought out this warm evening. And we thank you, Father, for those candidates who will go through the waters of baptism to be buried with Christ and to be raised anew in life in Christ. Lord, we thank you for the witness and the testimony that it will be. But for now, Lord, we pray that you would anoint my lips to preach thy word. And, O God, that you would use me for your glory, that Christ and Christ alone would be seen and exalted, lifted up and magnified and glorified. Father, cover us all with the blood of the Lamb. And wash us anew and afresh, we pray and ask of thee. O God, that this tent, this tabernacle, would be a meeting place where God meets man, and man has met God. Lord, if there's one here unsaved and not yet born again of your spirit, we pray that you would speak to them this evening the urgency and the need of the hour to be saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. So help me, Lord, to lift him up Again, for he said, and I, if I be lifted up from off the earth, I will draw all men, all types of men unto me. So Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, do thy work and thy will this evening to glorify the Son of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit has just been poured out the day of Pentecost. And of course, there was a great sign and wonder when they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, that is the 120 in the upper room. People were taken by this because they were hearing in their own language the wonderful works of God, the wonderful things that God had done. They were hearing about the wonderful things of Christ because you see, The Holy Spirit of God, the first office of the Spirit of God is he will exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. He will take the things of Christ and he will show that unto you and unto me. Now I'm a Pentecostal and I love the things of the Spirit of God. And being a Pentecostal to my core, cut me and I'm Pentecostal and I'll bleed it. But I'm not a charismaniac, by the way. 
But I am a Pentecostal to the core and to understand the things of the gifts of the Spirit, I love. I love. I, I have been baptized in the Holy Ghost for many years and I have been uh, using the gifts of the Spirit for a long, long time. For a long time. And I understand that everything but a lot of things and how the Lord would move and work in them. And these wonderful gifts are also a promise. They're a promise to those of us who are saved by grace in Christ, now who will be repent and be baptized in water. And we're going to look at the teaching of the baptism in the Holy Spirit another time. But it's the baptism in the water. And what does it mean for a believer? Believer's baptism. What does it mean for a believer to be baptized in water, and why should you be baptized in water? As I said, it, I'm a Pentecostal. I believe fully in the gifts of the Spirit. But there are a few things that even those who have been filled with the Spirit don't fully understand. I don't know at all. But what I do know is this, is that the Holy Spirit, from the very day that a man and a woman has come to faith in Christ. It's been of the Holy Spirit of God. From the day and hour that a man or a woman have come to faith and they have, been, they have realized their sin, they've realized their need of a Savior, they've realized that they are not right with God on their own, doing their own thing, going their own way, carrying on in the way that they have been walking. And so Peter is saying this, at the day that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened in Jerusalem. And he starts off by saying in Acts 2 and verse 38, after they're asking, what should we do? What is different about these people and me? What is it that you're telling us, Peter? And their hearts were pricked. In other words, they were convicted in their heart. They were convicted in their spirit. In Acts 2, 38, Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Notice, repent and be baptized. He's not saying that to those who are already saved. Because they have repented. They are saved. They are washed in the blood. They have been to the cross by faith. They have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are under that wonderful fountain of shed blood from Emmanuel's veins. And so they have been cleansed from all unrighteousness, washed from all their sins, and they're not asking, what shall we do? It's those who are watching what is happening. What shall we do? Maybe there's someone here tonight and you're here to watch a friend or a family member be baptized and you're wondering, what is all of this? What, what is this all about? What should I do? What is it about me what has made them different? How come their lives have changed? Because you see, when the Spirit comes, he quickens a heart, he quickens the man and woman, enables them to realize they're sinners, then brings them to the cross through the preaching of the word, and they then see the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, dying for them on the cross of Calvary. And there, through the Spirit and the preaching of the word, they realize that they have a lost estate, fullness of depravity, that they cannot save themselves and recognize that Christ alone saves. 
that Jesus Christ died in their place. And it's not your denomination. It's not your religion. We have people being baptized tonight that were from a Roman Catholic background and they've given their lives to Christ. And they're saved and they're turned away from that background to follow Christ. We have people here who grew up, as it were, in Protestant denomination. That didn't save them either because they knew not the Lord Jesus Christ. But rather, they have given their lives to go follow Christ. They have realized that he has died for them, that he shed his blood for them. I'm talking to someone tonight, and you have never been to Calvary. Am I talking to a man and a woman? And maybe you're even saying, I'm a decent person. That might be so. You know, am I talking to a man and a woman or a woman and you're sitting here thinking, you know, I go to church, whether it's a church, a chapel or whatever else, and, and I'm quite religious, you know. This isn't about you being quite religious, nor your church, nor your chapel, nor your denomination, an institution or a collaboration or whatever else you're trusting in because the only one that saves is Christ and Christ alone. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only Savior. There is none else. There is none other. So am I speaking tonight to a man or to a woman and you have never been to Calvary? I'm not saying you've got on an airplane flown over to Jerusalem and looked for the place of the mount where he was crucified. I'm talking about you've realized, maybe in the meeting before, maybe this is your first time, that I'm not right with God. Maybe you're saying, I'm not saved. I've never been washed in the blood as you speak about. What can wash away my stain or my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And maybe you're someone here not saved and you've never come under that fount of blood. You've never been saved. You've never been washed in the blood. You have no idea what it means. And you're saying, what must I do? It's like the Philippian jailer said to Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. So take note here, they're coming to Peter and asking, what do we do to receive what they have received? What you have received, Peter, and the 120 or so that was in that upper room with you. And we see and we hear the wonderful works of God. There's such a change. There's a power about it. There's a life in it. There's a passion of it. What must we do to repent and be baptized? Now, baptism doesn't save you. Maybe you've been, people call it baptism, People call it christening. Maybe you have been christened, or if you want to call it baptism, when you've been a baby. So was I. But all I know was that that I had water poured upon my head and I knew nothing of Christ. Nothing of Christ. Didn't save me. In a Presbyterian church, I can't even remember it because I was too young. But I know it happened. My parents told me so. And if that's what you're relying on, friend, If that's what you're holding on to. Well, I was christened, or if you want to call it baptism, but really it's not because baptism is the word baptizo, which means to fully submerge. And maybe you're you're sitting here saying, well, in my church, I was christened as a baby. Am I not headed 
to glory? Will I not be in heaven? And the answer is, if that is what you are trusting in, if that is what you're hoping in, if that's what you're clinging on to for eternal salvation, the answer is no, you will not be in heaven. You're lost. You're lost. As you sit in your seat, you're lost. Tonight you can be saved. Tonight you can be saved. What must I do? Repent and be baptized, Peter says. Do you know the first uh, words, as it were, of the preacher in the New Testament? If you go chronologically, as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you go chronologically, the first preacher to speak of repentance was John the Baptist. His name was John the Baptist, as we know him, because he baptized people in the River Jordan. Some people call him John the Dipper. And that's true, because he dipped people, dipped them under the water. John the Dipper. And John the Baptist, do you know what his first message was? Repent ye. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know who the second one chronologically was to say those exact same words? The Lord Jesus Christ. See, John was baptizing and he baptized our Lord and he went into the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came back out, the message of Christ was the exact same message of John the Baptist. And I'll tell you why. Because it was the message of the Spirit. People in the year 2021, they think it's a bad word, repent. It's it's an uncouth word, and it's a word that's not fit for our day and age. Yet in Matthew 4, the Lord Jesus comes and says, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Two men... One, John the Baptist, filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Lord Jesus Christ, the man who is God in flesh, the Son of God, he comes and says, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And these people who are going through the waters have repented. Peter says, repent and be baptized. Now the word repent, It simply means a change of mind, a change of heart. Metanoeo, a change of mind and a change of heart. Change your mind, Peter says, and how you're thinking. Change your mind in the temple in Jerusalem. You're trusting in it for your works for salvation. Change your mind about what it can or cannot do for you. The blood of bulls and goats and, uh, and sheep and lambs and so forth. Change your mind. Friend, tonight you see repentance is change your mind about what you might think will save you. And change your mind and place it on Christ. Change your mind and place it on the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 3, over the chapter and verse 19. Listen again to what Peter says. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins might be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. 
In other words, Peter is warning again the exact same message. Repent ye, but this time he says, and be converted. Now the world, meaning the, the unsaved, the unregenerate world, the unsaved, when I was unsaved, we used to talk about good living. Oh, he's become good living. She's become good living. Some might even have said, oh, I hear they got converted. And they had no idea what conversion was. To get converted meant. They had no idea of it. Neither did I. But the word converted here, in this instance, gives the idea to worship differently. To worship differently. Repent. Change your mind and worship differently. Repent away from everything else. Put your trust in Christ, in Christ alone, your mind in Christ, on Christ alone. Put your all in Christ, in Christ alone, your eternal welfare in Christ, and in Christ alone. Change your mind away from works and alms and deeds and good living and religion institution, denomination, and whatever religion, and place yourself wholly, uniquely, solely, and totally, completely on Christ. And worship differently. Be converted. I remember years ago, we used to do a lot of open airs all over the country. I actually used to do an open air in Portadown, Every Friday for years, pulled a big minibus across and a van behind it, or a trailer, and we got into it and sang, and others gave out tracks, and we preached in it. Do you remember that, Frida? Remember that? So we've done it for years there, done it all over the country, different places, up in Newton Abbey and Ballyclare, and we can go on and on. One Sunday afternoon, I said uh, a few boys, I'm going to go up and stand outside Nuts Corner Market. And give out tracts because there's thousands of people there. We'll do it in between services. So there's one gate in, they're all coming in. We're trying to give tracts out and the windows up and they didn't want to stop except for those walking in. You got the odd track. And I says, I'm going to get them on the way out. So I went to the way out and some boys stood at the way in. And this time I'm selling a big handful of tracts and people were coming and they didn't know what they were getting and they put the window down and Oh, thank you very much. And some were like, oh, throwing it back out again. I'm standing for long enough giving these gospel tracts out. And this man drives up in his car. And he says, how much is it? I said, it's free. There's nothing for free, he says. I says, no, this is for free. He says, you tell me for me to be converted. He says that, it's absolutely free. I says, absolutely free. I don't believe you. There has to be a catch. I says, I'm telling you, friend. I promise you, friend, for you to be converted. It's absolutely free. And he says, I don't believe it. He says, look at that. And there's a sign behind me, a big billboard I didn't see. And it says in the back of it, convert your car from petrol to gas. That's the truth. Never seen it. Convert your car from petrol to gas. And I says, no, not this conversion. I don't know about that. But to be converted to Christ, it's free because he paid the debt.
he paid it all. You see, to repent means change your mind. Your heart will change. And when you see him, you'll worship differently. It's not about ceremony and ritual and all this pump and all this sort of stuff. It's about a heart relationship with the master. It's about a heart relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the living God. The son who was raised from the dead. I love it when the psalmist wrote in Psalm 51 and 13, then will I teach transgressors their ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Friend, do you not save tonight and you find yourself here? You've come to watch a friend or a family member. You might be saying, what about me? What, What should I do tonight, friend? Repent. And be converted that your sins might be blotted out. Repent and be baptized. You might even say, oh, I've got to be baptized. I've never even come with any clothes. Well, guess what? Jeff Proctor has some changes of clothes in case you do. No excuses. No excuses. Let me just give you a few verses on the baptism before we get into our actual baptizing our candidates tonight. You might say, what is all of this about? What? Here, here's, let's give you four, maybe five. We'll see time ways here. Four quick reasons for you to be baptized tonight. Why the candidates are being baptized tonight. First of all, you're baptized because you're following the master's example. The Lord Jesus Christ. When in Matthew chapter 3, He comes to John the Baptist in the river Jordan. And in verse 15, it says, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus was baptized in the water, fully under in the river. So if you're baptized, you are following the master's example. Secondly, if you're baptized, why? Because you are obeying the master's command. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore, he says, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So here, you're obeying the master's command. Thirdly, if you're baptized, you're coming under the teaching of the apostles and the revelation of the Holy Spirit to them. Again, Acts 2 and verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Fifthly, why be baptized? Because if you're baptized, you are identifying yourself with Christ So all of you who are being baptized this evening, you're going through these waters to identify yourself in front of everyone else. Some of you are nervous. Some are nervous about the water. Some are nervous about the crowd. Some are nervous just altogether. But yet you're here. 
because you are identifying yourself in front of all. You're identifying yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me for our last scripture, please. In the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6, please. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, Paul has been talking about sin. In other words, grace is not a license for us to sin. But grace is an endowment, an empowerment for us to live righteous. God forbid, he says in verse 2, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now note this. Know ye not that so many of us are baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, candidates for baptism, please listen. When you're going into the water, remember, when the waters cover you and you are being baptized, that is, as a watery grave, you are dying to self, showing that you're identifying with Christ that you, your name in there, you're dying to self when you come out of the water. You're recognizing the newness of life in Jesus in front of everybody else. And what you're doing is you're recognizing, you're showing everyone the outward expression of an inward work. The outward expression of an inward work. The outward expression is that you have been saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any of you should boast. That you have been saved and washed in the blood, that you've repented of your sin and you're facing the Lord. You were walking away from him, now you're facing him and you've been converted. You worship different. We don't go to the old ways of worship, the old rituals and the idols and all those things. No, we walk in the spirit. We worship in spirit and in truth the Lord Jesus Christ and we follow hard after him not to live a life of sin but to live a life of righteousness and the grace of God. And this is what this is for for you tonight. So when you're coming up out of the water remember in front of all of us you're saying it's Christ for me. He's been at work in my heart. He's been at work in my life. And I have been saved by grace. I've been washed in the blood. And I'm born again of the Spirit. Now I'm baptized in water. Rising into newness of life. In the Lord Jesus Christ. Would everyone say amen?